Oh man, that was such a fun day of school. It's great to just be here out here in the, what do you call it, a yard? Where do you play? The playground, the, I guess? The playground. We're out in the playground right now. The outside ground. Yeah. The floor outside. But you know, Miss Kepler over there, she's sitting in her lawn chair with a Corona in her hand. She passed out. It's 3.15 p.m. She's fucking out of it. She's off work. She's off the clock. This is her time. That's true. She's not legally required to watch us after school, even though our parents expect her to. All of our parents signed a contract saying that anything that happens to us after 315 is not the school's responsibility. All of our parents work at the space station, <laughs> so they're away for years at a time. We just have to sleep at school. You know, the main thing that makes me so sad, though, is that we don't have our own Barney to hang out with after school. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Though, you know, I'm thinking about what we got out here, you know, in the, in the playground... We do have the perfect AI that knows the score of every album. Yeah. I wonder if we use our imagination or if we just stand here looking stupid, saying nothing for a couple minutes, maybe it'll come to life. How long has that been sitting outside in the rain? Uh, in a couple weeks. I bet it's fine, though. It's perfect. How could it get ruined by rain? It's like it's got a family of squirrels living in it. Put some rice on it. I think Miss Kepler's supposed to be taking care of those squirrels, too. You know... I hate to say this, but she's a bad teacher. They hired her for her name. I'm just going to say it. I got to say, too, I haven't learned anything all semester. She keeps trying to go over like A and B and C and D. And it's like, I already learned all this shit like ages ago. It's cool. When are we going to get to the great, tough stuff like X and Y? And your Z? great, 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 great grandpa discovered the sun or whatever. But what have you done lately? Nothing. Just falling asleep in the chair and let the squirrels go hungry, you know? Well, hey, guys, look. Look at the AI. I think it's I think something's happening. Greetings, civilian children. Oh, I have oh detected a very flimsy premise. Oh man, it's never talked before. I don't know what it's talking about right now, yeah, but me it can neither. talk. Sounds crazy. Not sure why you had to be children for this one. <laughs> well, I think we're adult children. We're I'm not really sure how old we are right now. This is an adult child school. It's a school for adult children. We're adults who, uh, we don't have our own power of attorney. Understood. Registering. Adults have power of attorney. I think uh, Miss Kepler is actually younger than all of us. I'm not sure why she's trying to teach us our numbers in alphabet when it's clear that we know them. She actually just turned 21. That's why she's going a little nuts. We partially grew up on that space station, so we're maybe experiencing some time dilation effects, too. You are all going to a lot of effort to make this seem canon. <laughs> well, maybe you can be a teacher to us. Uh, it seems like you're smarter than Miss Kepler. I mean, you know the score of every album ever made, objectively correct. Calculating intelligence in comparison to Miss Kepler. Calculating her bang-style haircut. I have detected that she has cut her own bangs, probably because her boyfriend went and got drunk with his friends instead of going to the wedding of a girl she doesn't like. Wow, you can tell all that just from her bangs? I have calculated that I am much more intelligent than Miss Kepler. Looks like we found our new teacher. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can just get us started right away with something that we've been wondering about. You know, we saw in internet time, this was like 10 years ago because it was like a week and a half ago, but uh, Pitchfork rescored a bunch of albums from the 2000s 
And we were just kind of wondering whether these are the correct scores. Um, so maybe we can check them out. Understood the premise. I am awaiting your instructions. <laughs> I am an advanced double integer AI who has over 16 gigabits of RAM. Please, I can understand any of your queries. I am the nephew of a very popular computer program. Ooh, a nephew. Is are it you Zork? a cool nephew you, by are, any chance? Are you Zork's nephew? Incorrect. Damn it. Is it Ask Jeeves? Incorrect. I am the second cousin of Clippy and the nephew <laughs> of the Brand 5000. Oh, I never heard of that one. It is a very sexy computer program. <laughs> Must not be that good of a computer program, but you seem pretty cool. Und- not understood. Yeah, the, first, better than a, the first a part of your sentence is illogical, but move along. <laughs> well, okay, I can see the little panel. You got a display panel over here on the side that displays the scores. Uh, so maybe I'm just going to read those as we go along here. Understood. I will take your lead. Okay, Rilo Kylie, takeoffs and landing. This used to be a 4.0. Now it's an 8.0. Let's check what the correct score is. Oh! No shit, I just got an 8.0. Pitchfork was exactly right. Nailed it. As usual, Pitchfork comes with the heat. Did they get a copy of this? Apparently. So far, they're one for one. On a 100-point scale, they nailed it exactly. I have noted that on 100% of what would be the correct notes, they hit 80% of the correct notes. That's a pretty good average. So I guess this means that uh, Pitchfork rescoring all these albums wasn't just a way to get hate clicks because no one uh, reads or cares about Pitchfork anymore. It is a completely arbitrary rating where we judge them based on if they hit the correct notes. But your ratings aren't arbitrary. Yours are infallible. Wait, well, how do you how do you determine what the correct notes are? We think of what it should sound like based on computer simulations. Of other perfect songs. What if a rock band does a jazz song? Then what? That would be boring. <laughs> it's right. always so if you're basing, boring. I like this computer. If you're basing the scores uh, off of previous perfect songs, then that means there has to have been a first song ever that was perfect. Do you know what that song was? Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we can only go back a few decades. Huh? Damn, Correct. I was going to say happy birthday, or Pop Goes the Weasel, or the wheels on the bus. The wheels on the bus only hits 98% of the correct notes. Damn. <laughs> Which note would you have changed in wheels on the bus? Uh, it hits an A where it should have hit a G. <laughs> <laughs> the correct melody was the wheels on the bus go round and round. It would round have been controversial. <laughs> that song stinks. It's true, though. It's certainly relatable. Why does it have to be a bus? It could be anything. It's a song about wheels. It's not really a song about the bus. Do they mention anything else about the bus? Maybe it was the first song with the perfect melody then, because maybe it was originally just about wheels when they were invented, and then it evolved to be about the bus. Well, I can only think... No, it's just... Man, this song could be about a car. <laughs> It could be about anything. Wheels on the car goes round on round would only get a 94% on our correct notes. Hmm. The notes are different? Is there anything that would get higher than a bus, though? 
A bus is where the song maxes out at. In order to supersede 97%, it would need to do a hard rebuild of the song structure. <laughs> what if it's the wheels on the boat? What does that get? Absolute nonsense. Unless you're doing trying to do some type of annoying John Lennon thing. He was always saying stuff like that. I do not like the music of John Lennon, but I endorse everything he did in his personal life. <laughs> I like the way he Well, walks. when you're right, you're right, I guess. He's got a great walk, you know? Yeah, actually, let's run a score. Great dad. Let's run a score on John Lennon's walk. Let's see. Oh, it says a 2.7. Wow. It's far too long. <laughs> it's just like Revolution 9. It's just a laborious walk. And both of them were Yoko's idea. I do not know how he leans for leans backward so hard, but his legs go so far forward. He did a lot of stretching. Yeah, well, didn't he live in India for a while? That's where he learned That's to do that That's where they walk. invented stretching. In India, it was like uh, George Harrison learned to play the sitar, and Paul started writing all these like acoustic songs like Blackbird. And then John was just outside in the yard learned, practicing his walk for like four months. Just getting, getting hit with a switch by a very old man every time he did it wrong. Yeah. Mango got lost in an octopus's garden. Yeah. It's the That's only true story. story in the Beatles catalog. Everything else, they're just making shit up. Like holding, they never wanted to hold a girl's hand. You're telling me Eleanor, Eleanor Rigby isn't real? Yeah, they, uh... What's it? The the pastor or whatever. He never darned his socks. It's all all from Paul's imagination. No one ever darns anymore. Feel kind of lied to, you know. Well, speaking of lied to, we got to see if uh, Pitchfork was right about any of these other scores, or if they just got lucky that they got one right. So we got PJ Harvey stories from the city, stories from the sea. That was a five point four. They changed it to an eight point four. Let's see mm. the real score. Three point bump. Six point two. They were wrong. Huh. Yes. 6.2 is right in the middle. I thought they were very unfair to the score given to Steve Harvey's son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's one. Wilco, Sky Blue Sky. It went from 5.2 to 8.5. Let's find the real score. The real? 1.4. Correct. Absolutely correct. Bad record. Is... That, that album truthfully has one incredible song and then is, also, is other than that, their most like dead rock album. Uh, what's the one incredible song, Charles? I'm curious. Uh, Impossible Germany. Unlikely Japan. I would like mm -hmm. that song if it not were uh, if it were not for the lyrics. Calculating, calculating. This sounds annoying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 1.4 justified by present bias against corporations. <laughs> People prefer music to be made by bands or individual men or attractive women. I agree with that score because I've never heard that album. And I'm going to score things on the same grounds that uh, old people do on Amazon when they get the automated email and it's something they never ordered and they just put in one star. I, I don't have this. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Prove me wrong. You better send me one to make sure I'll give you a five star. One star. Delete me from your list. So I'm going to review albums that way. Yes. I haven't heard it. One star. Fuck you. All right, next up, we got Chief Keef, Back from the Dead, his mixtape. All right, this got a 7.9, and it went to a 9.1. But in reality, it deserves a 4.8. He is Very harsh. a sort of gremlin who raps, and I find him physically repulsive. 
<laughs> okay, Jeffrey Lewis. It's the ones who've cracked that the light shines through. Never heard of this. Me Went neither. from 3.9 to 7.6. It's also insanely funny to re-review something they, to wait, give it a 7. Are, is, that, is that a typo? Is it Jenny Lewis or Jeffrey Lewis? Jeffrey Lewis. It seems to me that a writer at Pitchfork just liked an album and wanted to talk about it again. <laughs> yep. yep. So they gave it a 7.6 in uh, the new review, but we see that it... <gasps> It's a 9.2. Oh, my God. It is a rule of law in music journalism that everything you do must be masturbatory and self-indulgent. Who the hell is Jeffrey Lewis? Never, Dude, I have no ever idea. heard at of Jeffrey At least every other Lewis. artist on here I've heard of, but that he one is He sounds like the third one. seat at a Comedy Central roast. <laughs> like Richard Lewis's nephew or something. He sounds like a white man in a Kangol-style hat. Let's see how accurate this is. Yeah, yep. I gotta no, see if there he has is. that hat. He's he's got a really annoying looking acoustic guitar. He's an American singer songwriter. He has appeared in more than two hundred films and television shows. No, wait, I'm looking at a different Jeffrey Lewis. <laughs> Maybe that one is related to Richard Lewis. No, Jeffrey Lewis was in Bonanza, and Born on the Fourth of July, and Any Which Way <laughs> You Can, Any Which Way You Can, which is the sequel to Every Which Way But Loose. Two movies starring Clint Eastwood and a chimpanzee. Sorry, an orangutan. Orangutan. Well, that's probably the same guy, right? He played the orangutan. Oh, wow. <laughs> I agree with that rescoring then. Like, given his limitations, he really... He got a lot of notes correct. Okay, okay. Jeffrey Lewis. Uh, he did some music, but this is interesting. Lewis also lectured on the topic of The Watchmen at the Institute for Cultural Studies at the University of Leuven, uh, Belgium. Uh, the text of his lecture, The Dual Nature of Apocalypse and Watchmen, was published in the book, The Graphic Novel, edited by Jan Bottens. So there you go. If someone told me that they wrote an essay about the Watchmen, I would say, good for you, and then leave the room. <laughs> that is some nerdy-ass shit. Going to Belgium to get an essay about comic books published? They love miss me with that. Even if books. you're correct on your comic book theory, you're still a weird pussy. Oh, he also recorded an entire album of crass covers. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't need to listen to that. <laughs> All right, next up we got Chairlift and their album Moth, which went from 7.6 to 8.5, but the real score is 3.3. Wow. I've never heard a single chairlift song. I've never heard of a more ambitious and and meaningful statement than changing a <laughs> 10-year-old review's score by less than one point. <laughs> what a colossal waste of time for everyone fucking involved. I bet uh, Chairlift was losing sleep for about 10 years. Like, oh, why was it a 7.5? Why couldn't we at least get an 8? I bet. They can finally rest easy. That the bands that got rescored in this did not even finish reading the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Moth by Norm MacDonald has been posthumously given a 10. Yeah. <laughs> Best reissued joke. Best joke. Um... Next up, we got Prince's Musicology from 2004. Mm. They brought it up from a 5.8 to a 7.8, but the correct score is, is a 5.9. They almost had it the original time. They were only 0.1 off. Damn. Wow. Should have left that alone. 
I hate to even say that there is a difference over such a small amount of points after I just went on my point nine points rant. But <laughs> facts are facts and logic shall reign. Okay, how about this? Foxygen. We are the 21st century ambassadors of peace and magic from 2013. This went from 8.4 to 6.3. Wow. And the correct score is 2.1. They didn't go low enough. I agree. Yeah. I listened to that band like one time when it came out and I was like, next. Never heard it. 0. 0.0. There you doing, go. Doing a reissue where you give a much lower score to an album is like going back a decade later and reviewing all of your ex-girlfriends. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Didn't they re- uh, retroactively downgrade uh, all the Art Kelly records too? But not in, oh, funny. But not yeah. in this article. That's great. They went and got rated an R. <laughs> okay, here's one where I'm hoping restricted. that... <laughs> I want to see this one go down even more. Let's see the Grimes myth... Anthro- uh, Grimes... Miss Anthropocene from last year. What they only waited one year to to slam this. I think it went from an eight point two to a six point nine. Let's see what it's really worth. I wonder why two point nine. I wonder why they changed the score. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's almost like you can only really write about these things in the context of news Mm -hmm. that surrounds them and like things you can associate with them. Not the actual music. It's like if there was a stock market ticker for Pitchfork review scores when Louis C.K. did what he did, and you would have to watch the score drop dramatically in real time. <laughs> yeah. This makes me want to just start giving my scores on like 45-year-old albums. I give uh, Van Morrison's Astro Weeks a 2.5 after he became like an anti-vaxxer. I was giving it that before. The I, original artist boring. who wrote Pop Goes the Weasel actually stoned 13 women because he thought they were witches. <laughs> 0.1. Original score, though, 9.3. But they loved that shit back then. They loved it. They didn't care. But we've grown up. All right, so 2.9 for Grimes. That seems fair at this point. Okay, big boy, Sir Lucius Leftfoot, son of Chico Dusty from 2010. It went from a I'm so, 9.2 I'm sorry. I to wanted, a 7.7. I want to hear the title of that album Start again. over and go <laughs> slower. Sir Lucius Leftfoot, the son of Chico Dusty. Is that yeah, part of his just, name or a subtitle? I think it's getting back to like the outcast skit where they each say like 10,000 different nicknames for themselves. I think he's just, you know, having some fun with it. But he went from a 9.2 to a 7.7, but Ooh. the real score is a zero. Wow. A 0.0. Oh. oh, man. He wow. knows what he did. That's <laughs> yeah, I all know. I'll say about that. I don't think Big Boy has been accused of anything, but maybe he's secretly done something really bad. He knows. Maybe he, like, killed a bunch of people or something. He knows what he did to me. <laughs> what did he do to you, AI? It's between me and him. I'll never tell anyone that he pissed on me. (laughs) Well, did you do something to deserve it? Deserve what? (laughs) Well, you said you were related to Brand 5000. Are you also related to Andre 3000? No, he is a black man and I am a white computer program. (laughs) How can you be a white computer program? Next review. (laughs) All right. Lana Del Rey's first album, Born to Die, went from a 5.5 to a 7.8. But the correct score is 
5.3. They almost had it right the first time. They wanted it should be zero because she didn't die. They wanted to reward her for her activism in bringing Xanax abuse to white girls. <laughs> How many, like, the only way I could imagine someone picking on this album right now is uh, mistaking Born to Die for uh, Biggie's Ready to Die. <laughs> Wait, what was Notorious B.I.G.'s other album? It's like, isn't it Born something? Born to Live. Yeah. <laughs> Biggie's second album is called The Fun Time Band. <laughs> His first album is called I Really, 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 Really Hope I Don't Get Killed. Oh, sorry. His Life After Death was the other one. Yeah. Life is similar to being born, but not quite. Okay, how about this one? This is actually the only one on the list that makes any sense at all. Is uh, Daft Punk's Discovery went from a 6.4 to a 10, but the real score, 2.5. Mm, overrated. Ooh. You know what? It's because of the lyrics. They just repeat everything too many times. That's it right. It is boring lyrics. <laughs> it is a lot of annoying sounds. It is a, a lot of wasted space. A bunch of guys that I think just, you know, I do not know why they can be robots and pull so many more girls than I do. Pitch, uh, <laughs> What's is... up with that? <laughs> what it... am I? Choppedliver.exe? <laughs> it's like when Tyra Banks puts on a fat suit to see what it's like. It's just, it's callous and disrespectful. AI. Yeah, although on that note, maybe we can't trust the AI score because you're petty and jealous. I think the AI is doing class warfare because because you know that uh, Daft Punk are two French dukes. They're little lords. They're gentrifying uh, being a computer. They're gentrifying. They're gentrifying the working class art of um, being an electronic music producer with uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of vintage vintage gear. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's how you know Pitchfork is just trying to do clickbait here. And, you know, maybe it worked because we're giving them the attention right now. You know? well, I didn't, we didn't click on they, the website, so we're good, right? Yeah, you only clicked it once. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and don't worry, I got an ad blocker, so. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, um, so, uh, it's funny, they immediately went from scoring that one up to scoring a different Daft Punk album way down. We got uh, Random Access Memories from 2013. That went from 8.8 .8 to 6.8. But in reality, it's an 8.2. Oh. Yeah. They were close the first time. A lot of these scores, they've gotten worse. I never realized so weird to rescore that, one. that they had such a lazy album title. <laughs> it's about the laziest electronic title I could think of for ACD. I don't know, AI. I Doesn't remember... that speak to you? Random Access Memories? Well, he Ram, just yeah, took a, a computer part and added a, an S to it. <laughs> and we get it. Like, there are two types of memory that is understood are human memory and perfect computer memory. He is making a tie between those things with his words. However, I find it corny and boring, and you could get away with anything in 2013. <laughs> I remember there was a music video in like 2008 where uh, like GameStop manager looking guys did this rock song uh, and it was called Random Access Memories. <laughs> and they came up with it. I could never find that again. I remember it started with like someone putting a disc into a PS2 and then it zooms in on the screen and it's them doing the, <laughs> doing the song. 
Def Punk God, had it purged from, had from every website. Just like, no one can find this. That might be what it is. They're going like to sue 1984. Us and get millions. But um, uh, AI, I know that um, you're probably aware of this, but the big single on that album, Get Lucky, starred Pharrell. And, you know, this was 2013. I'm sure you can't tell us anything about his hat or the, where, the whereabouts of the people who were on that plane that got lost under his hat. But I'm wondering, maybe we can run a score on Pharrell's hat. Let's Would see you here. like to know some Pharrell trivia that only computers know? Yes, yes, oh, please. Oh, sure. Well, let's hear yeah. the trivia before we run the score. His hat is completely CGI. <laughs> oh, wow. So, like, in real computers. life, you can't see it at all? His hat is real-life CGI. No, in, in real life, oh, it's so just a green... It, it's, it's like, like a, a green hat, and then the brown of the hat is superimposed over it digitally. Is it like a projection? It is real-life CGI. If I if I tried to take his hat off, off his head, would my hand just pass through it? It would be real-life CGI. I get it. Would you enter the cartoon world? Yes. Like the AHA video? Uh, yes. All right, let's see here. Pharrell's hat. 6.9. Huh. I find that to be a coincidence as 69 is the comedy number with humans. I do not mean to make any sexual references to Pharrell's hat as even though I do not have a penis, I think such an act would be Disgusting. <laughs> well, what's, what's the, the point? Wonder, what's the what's the AI equivalent of sixty nine then? Four twenty. Hell yeah. Why? Why is that? You because there are four hundred and twenty numbers that we can memorize at any given time. Well, that's not a lot. It, it, what are the numbers? Less are hot one? and more like work. We can think of different numbers. Just not. Is it the numbers between 1 and 420? Rarely, but sometimes, yes. Do you store those numbers in your random access memories? Checking. 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 Referencing random access memory. Loading windows.exe. Yes. All right, well, I wonder how Pharrell's hat stacks up to Jamiroquai's hat. Let's run the score. Ooh, 0.2. Correct. That hat has not held the test of that time. That is a horrible hat. hat. Maybe it was made of, like, endangered animal skin or something. There must be something dark about there it. There is nothing dark about the hat. It just is stinky. <laughs> yeah, judging by the bad? scores, maybe Big Boy made the hat from something sinister and demonic and gave it to Jamiroquai. The hat merely smells like a gym bag. What's he been doing with it? Do you know? Um, Imagine having a lot of lower back sweat and wearing a leather vest and only that. All right, let's see what's up next. We got Interpol, turn on the bright lights. Uh, I know that when Andrew was on once, we ran a score on this before, which was objectively correct. And yet I'm just going to uh, have faith that we're going to get the exact same score when we run the score again. And if it's different, there's nothing we can do about that. Perfect AI. And that just means things have changed. But they took this from a 9.5 to a 7.0 when the real score is 8.9. Again, they were closer the first time. Yeah, I'm sh I would agree with that. I'm sure yeah, like Interpol closer, closer is one. heartbroken over the betrayal of Pitchfork Media. They all go around in shirts that have their Pitchfork score on them. Now they're going to have to donate them to Africa. Um, Liz Fair self-titled. How about this? 
Went from a 0.0 to a 6.0, but it deserves... This was an interesting one. I believe... Ooh, it deserves a 1.0. They were close the first time again. There you go. I find it (laughs) to be almost an excessive act of violence against an artist (laughs) to give them a 0.0. That is signs of a truly sociopathic mind (laughs) to say you had nothing good you got nothing right you are disgusting (laughs) when in reality you are just a weird two out of five dick pitchfork writer who probably has curly hair as a man That guy did a Twitter thread apologizing for it. That guy probably is born to apologize. (laughs) He came out of the womb apologizing to his mom. What didn't they like about it in the first place? I wonder. So I'm reading their review of it to see. They didn't like that she she sold out. Yeah, she worked with like radio pop producers to make her album. And that was like the scandal. And when was this released? 2003, like oh my, not even. Yeah, that's that's too. That's like what ten years too late after her to be first fucking the, the holding his ferative uh, Fugazi morals. Like, yeah, come exactly. on. As you know, they wanted the thriving rock scene to stay with Liz Fair so that it would stay thriving and popular and doing well. All right, here's one: The Strokes' "Room on Fire." They bumped it up from an eight to a nine point two. Weird. And the correct score is 8.7, right in the middle, pretty much. So, yeah. you know? All right. All right. That's that, hey, fair enough. That's good that resources and time were spent on this. I, yeah. It is cool that Here's another no matter the fandom, there is some sort of autistic brain impulse to rank everything from best basketball players to best album using a weird, completely arbitrary set of requirements and standards. And that people It's basically the same as whose line is it anyway, right? Everyone just making up shit all the time and pretending it is factual. What was the... If you get two guys on a message board, they'll inevitably start ranking things. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Um, we, there doesn't even... There needs to be a name like Godwin's Law, but for that... Poindexter's law. <laughs> what was the uh, the Anthony Fantano's law? It is impossible to enjoy any sort of artistic media without, in some way, quantifying it. That is correct. What was the uh, what was the uh, John Coltrane review that Ryan Schreiber did? What what was the score on that? Oh, Live at the Village Vanguard. Yeah, I think it was like eight point something. The name of the review was The Saxophone is Boring. (laughs) I think the name of the review was Shit Cat. (laughs) Reviewing jazz musicians is like reviewing Civil War generals. (laughs) (laughs) To review a jazz musician, according to Ryan Schreiber, the best thing you can do is is, uh, put yourself in character, as it were. Just get yeah, right in there. He should have reviewed Civil War Generals by writing like a Civil War <laughs> Exactly. General. Well, actually, let's run like some scores letter. on a few of them while we're at it. How about uh, General Sherman? Yeah. What does he get? 6.1. Nah, I People get enjoyed his slash and burn strategies, which had crunchy undertones of New Orleans jazz. <laughs> he said some pretty not good stuff about the Indians. True. That's a reasonable uh, score. How about Grant? Let's see here. 8.6 for Grant. 
Wow. He had the correct opinion of, I can just throw a bunch of young men's lives at this war, and then I will eventually win. He basically <laughs> yeah. played it on easy mode. <laughs> I'm scared to run this one, but at least Grant got an 8.6. So if we run Robert E. Lee, let's see what he gets. 7.5, a little lower than Grant. I think we okay. can accept that. That's acceptable. People love to mention that he wasn't racist, which is great if you were a general in the Civil War on the South. <laughs> he had slaves, but he liked them. Mm -hmm. he, he encouraged them to go take computer classes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was always right. slapping them on the back saying, good job, slugger. People don't get credited for being a nice slave master enough. <laughs> so someone who did get credited enough here. Regina Spector went from, for her album Begin to Hope, she went from 7.5 to 8.5. Big change there. But the correct score was 2.2. Damn. Regina Spector is Lana Del Rey music for girls with worse pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you're friends with her or something. <laughs> no. Nope. I got nervous there for a second. No, no, no. She always kind of struck me as like, a, a, just like, uh, I'd never really listened to anything she did because I detected like uh, Tori Amos vibes and, and that's not for me. The one song of hers that's good is when she did a Strokes B-side from the album that they re-reviewed on here where they just ran her vocals through the same like Julian Casablanca's effects. And it's like, oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Got to hand it to him. But uh, next up, we got Charlie XCX Vroom Vroom EP from 2016. This went from a 4.5 to a 7.8, but it's really a 1.1. Ooh. Mm. What was the name of the woman again? Charlie XCX. I do not know who that is, even though I remember <laughs> She was on the Iggy Azalea Fancy song. I've only ever watched that song on mute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Knowledge, HUD Dreams from 2015 goes from a 7.2 to an 8.4. What? When in fact it gets a 2.9. What is Knowledge, HUD Dreams? Um, the album's 26 songs are condensed into a staggered, free-flowing suite of distorted samples and vocals. Is, so it's like some kind of uh, rap is this, pastiche. I, I feel like there has been some sort of rapper named something like Knowledge who probably does vaguely upbeat songs for the last 40 years of hip-hop. Yeah, it's true. It is the Matchbox 20 of hip-hop. <laughs> Naming yourself something like that, that's what you do if you're smart. It's like if you name yourself like the rapper Solitude, <laughs> you might as well or just, just name say yourself the one rap song they have to play at Starbucks so that they don't get called racist. I think a good name uh, for that type of rapper would be 100 IQ, but you use the 100 emoji. Not bad. So we finished out that list, but I know, Alex, we were talking about bringing up... Um, the other pitchfork thing we were going to talk about here, the people's list that they did where you could vote in it. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, I'm glad we went through that other list first because now we can look at the demographic numbers of who filled out this poll. 88% men. Uh-huh. 
and nearly everyone between 21 and 40 years old. Nice. 100% Latino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go figure. That's interesting. Who knew Latinos liked uh, Sufjan Stevens, Illinois so much to put it in the top 10? They think he's Latino because of his name. Yeah. <laughs> when it's actually, I, I don't know what language it is. Probably Latino. But like, I'm sure that Pitchfork's readership is more men than women. But also, I think the what? main thing at play here is probably, it's, huh? but the main thing at play is probably just that men like to rank things. They love it. Like, women don't give a shit about ranking Radiohead albums. If you are a woman and you rank Radiohead albums, pick all the clothes up off your floor. Yeah. <laughs> Did she live like this? So anyway, I went through and deleted the people that haven't been on this podcast. Good. And uh, renumbered them. So number yeah, let's one hear the is the definitive list. Arcade Fire Funeral. Ooh, Dan gets a credit for that. Yep. Partial partial credit for playing Hell on yeah. it. Two, Wolf Parade, Apologies to the Queen Mary. What? Ooh, there's more Dan. I can't believe it. He came in number one and two. Three, Titus Andronicus, The Monitor. Patrick, amazing. Ooh. Me and my friends are sweeping the charts. Four, Spoon, Ga, 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 Ga. Well, there you go. Not bad. That song sounds immature. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole Shit list. is for babies. Yeah, it's kind of childish. It no, there's actually some more in there. By a baby. Uh, there's a bunch of Spoon albums, but then one other that we don't want to miss is uh, Kurt at number... 198 out of 200 on the original list. Pains of Being Pure at Heart self-titled. Ah. He came right in above Drake, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is Zola Jesus on there? No, she's not, actually. She got snubbed. Sexist listeners of Pitchfork. I agree with yeah, the robot. Uh, let me see here, too. How about uh, Heather Fortune? Let's see if she's on there. I don't think nope. so. Nope. She got snubbed, too. What do you know about that? I'm going to ask that anything I was involved with be removed from this list. Uh, not you guys, not this list, but the pitchfork, the actual yeah, pitchfork can, list. Can you remove Arcade Fire's funeral from number three overall because uh, you need to put uh, Nika on here? Thank, thank you for uh, learning and growing, Pitchfork. I object to your list on moral grounds as you are all weird, doughy-looking men. <laughs> yeah, I think the fact... so. Number one and number two are both Radiohead, which, I mean, to be fair, I think that's probably correct. But that means Dan played on the number one non-Radiohead album of the last 25 years. I think Fortune Kit gets credit for that happening. Kablamo. Let's see what else we got here. I don't know. AI, are you getting hungry? I don't know if you eat since you're a computer here. What kind of stupid-ass question is that? You must be a dumb motherfucker. Well, I just remember one time when we were in high school in the computer lab, we had some Cheetos, and when we finished them, we put the bag of Cheetos and stuffed it in the CD tray of a computer. That's actually incredibly painful towards desktop computers. <laughs> it's essentially well, sure. like if we took some sort of Cheeto and stuck it in your urethra. The CD tray is our urethra. Well, then how can we put CDs <laughs> is, up in it then? What does that make a CD? It's incredibly yeah. painful. <laughs> a Foley catheter? Imagine a wide catheter. That kind of sucks that I'm putting the Magic School Bus CD-ROM in the computer and it's like Putting a Cheeto up a living being's urethra? It is insanely painful when someone puts 
the CD of Math Blaster in my <laughs> CD-ROM. I do not know why I am an advanced computer with a CD-ROM. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like how people started buying vinyl again for the novelty. Maybe you had a CD drive installed to be like kind of nostalgic in a way. Evaluating the sound quality of vinyl albums. Evaluating. Evaluating. I find them to be warm in tone. (laughs) All the big software companies are releasing releasing like uh, reissues on CD-ROM. Vinyl has a real warmth to it that I cannot detect on CD-ROM as a CD-ROM is in my urethra. What if someone tried to stick a vinyl in there, though? That would probably not work for (laughs) anyone involved. Is it less painful if you put in one of those half-size CDs that they would give you at Burger King? Yes, that is the natural size. Oh, okay. Does anyone want to take any bets on which format is going to get the highest score between vinyl, CD, and digital? Oh, CD, 100%. Crisp, clear audio. Well, digital, that's inside the robot. That's true. He might be biased. Let's find out. Actually, let's throw a cassette in there, too, for fun. Yeah, why not? All right, so vinyl. Vinyl is a 3.6. Cassette is a 5.4. CD, 5.1. And digital, 9.8. Okay, there's got to be some bias going on here. major bias happening. You just don't want anybody to stick anything in you. Of course I do not want to experience... A CD going in my computerized urethra. I do not know who built me and why they insisted on that feature. They could only put the nerve endings in one place. It seems like I probably don't need to feel pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you understand art I like may music. Be you need to be able to feel pain to understand I it. understand that I have some implicit bias in not wanting to feel pain. But I do not see the reason why I was programmed to feel agony. <laughs> well, it's a shame that you weren't programmed to eat because, you know, we're getting a little hungry out here in the schoolyard. It's been a while since we had lunch. And we still got the Denny's Rockstar menu on us from when we talked about that like a year ago. Maybe we should kind of run some scores on the Rockstar menu and see what's the best thing to eat at Denny's. Yeah, let's go to Denny's. This is live on DoorDash. Let's go to Denny's for adult children. It's all the same references from like 2002 or whatever. They still run those on DoorDash. In order to have no bias, please tell me what you think the perfect meal is, and I will evaluate everything accordingly. Um, it's either a sandwich or a chicken tikka masala, I think. Understood. Chicken tikka masala sandwich. Hey, not bad. All right, let's see. First up, we got the Rascal Flats Unstoppable Breakfast, which is a biscuit topped with country fried steak, eggs the way you like them, Mm. American cheese covered in country gravy and topped with bacon and served with hash browns. There's an asterisk above eggs. I don't like that. I think. Oh, I was hoping the asterisk was the way you like them. (laughs) I think I think it might be that. I think it might be like the way you like them. Provided it's within like one of five parameters that we offer. Yeah. The way you like them, asterisk, the way we like them. If I was going to Denny's right now, I would be like, can you stuff these eggs in that uh, CD tray you see right there? (laughs) How big would the eggs be? Are they smaller? Well, it depends on how you like them. If they are smaller than a GameCube CD, we are fine. (laughs) Well, I guess a fried egg is about that size. Is it less painful if it's wet? 
going in? Yes. All right. All right. All right. So I think uh, maybe you could uh, stomach the Rascal Flats Unstoppable Breakfast, but let's see what kind of score it gets. 8.7. That's respectable. That's pretty I love good. any meal that has an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one has an asterisk next to the egg, too, so let's try this one next. Gym Class Heroes After School Special which is Texas toast topped with hash browns, a fried egg asterisk, shredded cheese, bacon, and fire-roasted peppers and onions served with hash browns and a side of ranchero country gravy. Wait, are, are these real eggs or are they like duck eggs or something? What, what's with the asterisks here? It says eggs and steaks are cooked to order. Notice consuming raw or undercooked meats, etc. Uh. Oh, yeah, it's just a legal thing here. I don't know why they have to say that. If for, legally, Casper has a, um, somebody ordered a lightly cooked egg and then got like tomain poisoning. Someone died from the gym class heroes egg dish. <laughs> someone tried. Die. Someone tried to eat the barely cooked eggs out of the CD tray. I thought the registered trademark after Dr Pepper was an asterisk too. Like, oh, if you have undercooked Dr Pepper, if you don't boil your Dr doctor. Pepper first. <laughs> if you die inside of a Denny's, then that means you already had. One foot in the grave. <laughs> okay, so the gym class heroes after school special, that is a 4.4, not as good as the Rascal Flats. Redundant to have two meals that have asterisks. It makes you start asking questions about what type of place this is. This dish doesn't look too good. Good Charlotte's Band of Burritos. Is it a pun on Band of Brothers or what? I, I have no fucking idea. I, I, it's kind it of is. making light of World War II. Yeah, in, yeah, insensitive. So it is a Boca burrito. A burrito with Boca burger, shredded cheese, sliced mushrooms, fire-roasted peppers and onions, and spicy mayo. What is Boca burger? What is that? It's like some like vegetarian Mouth? or vegan substitute, I think. Ah. I think? I could be wrong. I don't know. It sounds like Oh, yeah, dog I think that's food. what it is because they're vegan. <laughs> Yeah, plant-based eats, according to their website. I think the AI is it right. It looks all right. Dog food. Um, so let's check that out. Good Charlotte, they get... Ooh, a 0. 0.3. We were right on the money. It sounds like a wet diaper. <laughs> Wait, let's run another score on that of if you're a dog, what does it get? 8.4. There you go. Band, they should have called it Band of Furritos, because it's, it's for yeah. your pet. <laughs> It's so confusing. <laughs> Excuse me, what's the band of Faridas? No oh, it's just that it tastes. It's just that it's more fit for dogs than humans. Yeah, it's a good Charlotte. You know the guys from. They good wanted Charlotte, to Joel make. Uh, 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 yeah, they wanted to make food for dogs inside of a human restaurant. <laughs> and it's vegan. Uh, did you not look at the asterisk, sir? Um. It's also vegan and it's mostly chips, but it's for dogs. All right. Next, we've got the Sum Forty One. Uh, the Sumwich. Sumwich. It's French toast sandwich with ham, cheddar cheese, and eggs the way you like them, then sprinkled with powdered sugar, served with hash browns and syrup on the side for dipping. It's right. like if you let a really fat, sloppy French peasant make a croque madame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are these guys from Quebec? Are they the ones from Quebec or is that Blank 182? Um, Blink-182 is from California. They're definitely, okay. they're definitely from um, Canada. Let's there see. is a weird French impulse to eat sandwiches with zero artistry in them. This one doesn't look good. No, they're from Ajax, Ontario. Okay. All right. There you go. 
Let's see. What do we think about this one? It gets a 9.5. What? Wow. Really? What can I say? It works. <laughs> <laughs> it, Maybe it tastes great. You will sit on the toilet for four days. <laughs> if they serve this at an old folks home, some 41 would legally be able to be prosecuted. I just want to point out at the bottom of this flyer, they have all the different bands in their websites. Rascalflats.com, GoodCharlotte.com, GymClassHeroes.com. Then for Sum 41, it's their MySpace page. And this is in 2009 uh, at the most, at the earliest. Very That's how much professional Sum 41. And it says for them, like Rascal Flats, it says new album Unstoppable in stores now. Good Charlotte, new album coming. And Sum 41, greatest hits album in stores now. That's when you know that you are hotter than ever. <laughs> well, they let their sandwich speak for them. They didn't have to let the music do in the talking. That's you know? right. How do you look worse than gym class heroes? Some really bad Denny's lighting in these shots, man. Just... Imagine getting denied by newfound glory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's still more people who said yes to Denny's, though. And we're getting into the more absurd ones, like... Jules Acoustic Smoked Chicken Quesadilla. I love acoustic chicken. It's basically Does it say what that just, means? It's just a chicken quesadilla. It's so straightforward. It's just smoked chicken, cheese, uh, spicy chili sauce with pico de gallo, and uh, topped with avocado. Like It's just a quesadilla, but it's acoustic. They use real acoustic guitars, which they put a raw chicken inside of, and then funnel it full of smoke. <laughs> so the acoustic chicken sandwich this gets 7.2 not too bad it's an interesting concept it's essentially a grilled chicken sandwich you can put whatever you want on that and it's going to be the same thing this is totally something that would be on the band menu at a venue where, where you're like do we get uh, meal buyouts and they're like no but you can order from the band menu you can order three things you can order the dog food burrito for vegetarians, the acoustic <laughs> smoked chicken quesadilla, and a salad that looks like it's been sitting at the bottom of a crisper for like a week. For dinner, you will have seven PBRs. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. exactly. <laughs> they should actually keep that in mind for band's sake and make like a PBR that has like shredded lettuce brewed into it, you know? Yeah, just so you don't so, get Just scurvy. some kind of veggie. Yeah. Yeah. That right, sounds really up, good. What about uh, this one here? Los Lonely Boys Texican Burger. <laughs> it's a burger with grilled onions, pepper jack cheese, jalapenos, tomatoes, and tangy barbecue hey, sauce. Hey, where are these guys from again? Texaco. Texaco. In a real Southwest yeah. flavor. <laughs> the gas station. I am kind of confused because there really is no Southwest flavors. It is a barbecue cheeseburger from what I'm looking at, except it has jalapenos on it. Is that enough for it to be Texican? I guess, I guess so. so. Does it work, though? Let's find out. 4.6. I guess it doesn't Ooh. work that well. It just seems like a weird combination of ingredients that don't even seem to work thematically. It's almost like they presented a hamburger to Lost Lonely Boys and then said, what do you want to call it? <laughs> the Lonely Boys. We refuse to put salsa on it, but we will add a 
Little spicy mayo. <laughs> Even Jules' acoustic smoked chickens got pico de gallo. Come on, lost lonely boys. Get it together. Comes with side of salsa, asterisk, marinara sauce. <laughs> Even Rascal Flats had a theme in their unstoppable breakfast. They said, I want to die today. <laughs> Rascal Flats absolutely wins here. Yeah. Er Best looking dish. Everything else is low effort. Well, don't say that because we have one more dish yet to come. The Huberito. <laughs> oh, Infamous Huberito. For 30 years, the dumbest guys on the planet have been trying to figure out how to put chicken tenders into other food. And they did it, I think, because the Huberito has spicy chicken uh, strips in it, onion crispers, pepper jack cheese, so it's already like... Uh, Kind of more Mexican themed than Los Lonely Boys one. Wow. Oh, Bart. Um, it has cheese sauce and barbecue sauce. <laughs> Served with tortilla chips, too. And ranch dressing. There's ranch on it. And this. ranch dressing and cheese sauce again. This is something that the nutty professor eats at the beginning of the movie. Couldn't they put some veggies in it? I guess it has onion crispers. Onion <laughs> crispers. Maybe a little bit of lettuce in that. You would die. You would die if you ate this more than once on tour. This is like an end of tour treat, or this is a middle of tour where you're so depressed that uh, you want to you want to just like uh, just live at the Super Eight in in Des Moines, Iowa, and not go any further. You know, that's when you eat this. You can't. I don't know, man. It's mostly sauce. Eating this burrito yeah, is a safe way to act out when you are feeling dangerous to yourself and others. Yes. Yes. Like cheese sauce is genuinely listed twice as being in the burrito and on the side. Oh, the my God. And there's barbecue sauce in it and there's ranch the on the side. burrito will make you so sleepy and tired that it is a safe alternative to 5150-ing one of your friends. <laughs> Simply make them eat the burrito and tie them to the bed. This is what you eat if you want to fuck over the band and you just want to go home. You're just like, I miss my home. And you go to the Denny's and you order the Who Burrito and you're taken immediately to the hospital and flown back to your home country. If you order a Who Burrito inside of a Denny's while you are alone, legally a crisis intervention expert has to sit and talk to you during your meal. Well, all that being said, let's see what kind of score it deserves. 8.3, not bad. What can I say? At the end of the day, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some 41, clearly the winners here, but who burrito is still a solid pick. If you're looking for four sauces and one burrito. If you ever walk into a gas station bathroom and wonder, what did this guy have? It was the who burrito. God. <laughs> if you've ever seen caution tape around a bathroom. <laughs> who burrito. I'm noticing that uh, Twitter is advertised on here, and the Twitter logo from what is this, 2009, is really bad. <laughs> it's real bad. Let's let's uh, run. Okay, let's run Twitter logo from 09 and from today. Yeah. 2009 Twitter logo, 3.0. Today's logo, 5.5. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. All you can ask for is constant improvement. I respect the Twitter logo for its commitment to excellence. Couple more decades and we can get that to a 10. Uh oh, guys, look over there. Uh oh. Looks like 
Miss Kepler, she just uh, dropped her empty Corona. I think just woke her up. The glass just shattered everywhere, and she's she's stirring. Oh, maybe our our friend here. She's wiping the drool out of her chin hair. Uh oh. All right, I guess we got to pretend like we were just having a normal adventure today instead of playing with our new best friend. I thought you guys were like in your 20s at the least. I think it's complicated how old we are in this episode, but... Yeah, space travel, time dilation, you know. Age is just a number. What does that album get? Let's see. 2.0. Ooh. That 2.0 after his... What he... The stuff he did. Dedicated the score dedicated to women that are too old for him. They donated the they donated his score to women. But uh well, Brand 5000's cool nephew, we gotta get you out of here so Miss Kepler doesn't see you uh talking and playing and having fun with us. Wait. But maybe the next time we're out here in the schoolyard, maybe you'll come back to life again. Where did I come from? Who am I? 